Mini episode 1150 of the FDH Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at Sportsology.com. The FDH Lounge. You want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Hello everyone, welcome to FDH Lounge mini episode number 1150. This is FDH Managing Partner Rick Morris here, and for a quasi-August number like 1150, uh, a pretty big number here, uh, I am very, very happy to be bringing back in uh, a gentleman who uh, he, he always uh, kind of chortles at the uh, the billing of pop culture e- uh, expert and fitness expert, <laughs> and now, of course, as of the last appearance on the show, I believe, an FDH Lounge dignitary, so an official member of our family and uh, again somebody who we love to talk to about any number of things but always at least the big awards shows you can always count on us to break down the Oscars and in this case the Emmys the 2019 Emmy Awards and we are here for your review of that it is both myself and Mr. Uh, Six-Pack Abs John Bastow himself Fitness made simple, and uh, again, I am very, very happy to have John Bastow back on the show. John, thank you so much for being back here today, my man. Well, you know, the moniker that I am most proud of is FDH Dignitary. (laughs) FDH Lounge Dignitary has to be emblazoned on a very tight-fitting shirt. Very tight fitting. You know what? I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna accept that challenge, and that would be like the greatest thing ever. Is if you were to use that as a tight fitting uh, shirt there with the six pack abs uh, sticking out there, the fitness made simple abs. Uh, I will get on that, my man, because that is the kind of free advertising from a friend that you just can't beat. <laughs> and, and, and you are a friend. And fun fact uh, that, that most people don't know: you will never ever see me exercising. Yeah. It's got to be super comfortable and everything like that. But, uh, but, but yeah, I would wear, I would rock the FDH Lounge <laughs> in a loose shirt, a tight shirt, a tux, um, a sport jacket, or a sweater, whatever you have. Well, what's that they say about form over function as far as what you're going to be working out in? So, you know. That is uh, that is pretty funny, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna take that as a personal challenge to get you uh, a suitable shirt made for the occasion, <laughs> and that will be something uh, that we can all look forward to. Uh, and of course, again, I lo- I always look forward to the awards shows uh, like this one every year. Not so much in and of itself, because you know, to to be honest with you, uh, you know, by and large, I can kind of take it or leave it. But I know it's going to lead to the dissertation with you afterwards about what happened. So, as a uh, as a setup for the material that you and I are going to generate, in that sense, I do look forward to it. And uh, there are any number of things uh, that we always talk about with this. One of the ones here, on on a big picture kind of a note, I will bring up is. This is a show that in recent years has gone back and forth at various times between Sunday and Monday night, 
And uh, on Sunday night, uh, they happened to go toe-to-toe with my Cleveland Browns on NBC. And the Cleveland Browns weren't beating very much on Sunday night. But the one thing they were beating, along with the Rams, was the Emmys in the ratings here. And they really, they got smashed. And uh, given that uh, Sunday night football is always the most loaded schedule uh, of the uh, the year for any of the, uh, the networks here, and the odds are that they're going to pull a strong number uh, with that, and of course, Monday Night Football has not been nearly the same since it went to ESPN. It's a weaker package, less penetration on cable. One would think that the moral of the story would be you probably want to go back to Monday nights this time of year, do you not? It's funny how um, most of our Emmy talks or Oscar talks or any award show talks, every, and we've been doing this many years now, Yes. it always seems to me, the first question, but speaking of the declining rating, <laughs> Yes. You know what I mean as far as the ratings go. The, the, the lead question was like, well, this one was even worse rated than the one before. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, I, I, well, it's really a hard night, man. I mean, not only the sports, but I mean, you go, I mean, granted, I mean, Fear the Walking Dead is on now, which probably doesn't generate exactly the numbers of regular Walking Dead, the original Walking Dead. But I mean, you have a lot of strong shows on cable, on streaming services. Sunday is a huge, huge TV night. And I would think, no matter what show you are, why do you want to go into that when there's so many wide-open nights you can choose from? I would kind of agree. I don't really know why they would be looking in that direction, and I would think that that would maybe be the lesson that they would kind of draw from this one here, is that maybe they should look someplace else. But uh, it is still something that is a uh, cornerstone of pop culture in the early autumn of America. And uh, one of the things here... Uh, that we always talk about and one of the things I know that uh, obviously is always a point of interest for you as somebody who uh, has walked some red carpets yourself and interviewed folks on them is what's going on with the red carpet so uh, this was one where as I was kind of looking to see what was going on there was a uh, it seemed to be this year sort of like a variety of colorful outfits there was nobody that individually that I really saw that was dominating Twitter or anything like that but a number of people that were kind of gaining attention for what they were wearing in an inventive kind of a way and uh, we've talked about this before Oscars v Emmys you're certainly more likely to get that kind of creativity at the Emmys than the Oscars which can be a more staid affair some would say stuffy but uh, what did you think of the red carpet this year, and who were some of the people that really jumped out at you? Um, I would, well, first, first of all, you're right. I mean, in your analysis, I mean, usually when you're looking for the outlandish and the crazy, I mean, you'll see it a lot of, a lot of times the Grammys and the TV awards. It's a feast for the eyes. But, I mean, um, I, I, a lot of people look great. I, I'd say that one of the trends uh, this year was definitely the, um, like, uh, what was it, orange and pink, or red and pink, rather, with right. Mandy Moore. I mean, they were almost like, they were different styles of almost the same exact color, same exact dress, uh, with Mandy Moore, um, and then you also had, uh, a, oh, um, Rissa Tomei, and then, um, and then also my favorite, who I will love, Taraji P. Henson, mm-hmm. rocking those colors, and, and they were, and the thing is, since they were all in a very restored dress, um, you see a lot of the, uh, you know, the blogs and everything mentioning all three of them, and of course, who wore best, and, you know, the, the whole commentary that comes from that. Um, and it was like, who I thought was one of the best dressed, uh, as far as the ladies walking the red carpet, um, definitely, uh, Zendaya. Um, she looked, you know, I think awesome in the green dress. Uh, that, that was, that was, was, was that, what was that, Vera Wang, or was it, I think it was Vera Wang. I think so. Um, but I think, I think she's absolutely stunning. 
Yeah, Zendaya was somebody that was getting put over by a lot of the critics. Uh, I did notice that, uh, but uh, there, it, it seemed like the attention was, was sort of splintered, sort of aside from her, because there were a number of, as you said, other kind of noteworthy uh, outfits that people had there. And uh, so uh, another thing that we always kind of talk about, uh, I think both with the Emmys and the Oscars, because in this sort of postmodern age, they really seem to be struggling to find the way to be most relevant in society here. And, and a lot of times the topic comes down to, uh, when we're talking about this specifically, who the host is. What direction they're going to go in. Do you want to get a comedian? Do you want to get a late night host? Do you want to do this, that, whatever? Or nobody. Yeah, or nobody, because this year they're doing it without a host. And yet you've got uh, Thomas Lennon as the narrator. And uh, he made a little bit of sort of meta commentary slash joke about how it sucked. And a lot of people, I think, agreed with that, whether he intended it or not. You had a lot of the presenters out there sort of doing quasi-host type stuff in addition to just going out and presenting. So a truly, truly sort of bizarre spectacle from my standpoint. What did you think about it? Interesting, and, uh, and uh, yeah, because that's something that had really gotten criticized. And that, and that comes from somebody that gets paid to host things. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so you're, you're you're not meaning to uh, infer that the host industry is overrated or anything like that. It's just that this one might not need no, it no, in I particular. Think it's a show. I think it's a thankless job. Yeah. That's a very good point. You don't want to be in situations where there's not much to gain and a lot to lose, but 
I gotta say well, too. You know, you know what? You know what it's like. It's like it's like when people sit down. It's a great example is this. If you're if you're an experienced physician or if you're an experienced lawyer or if you're a professional person, you do not want to be. I don't think on the Real Housewives of whatever uh, city they're doing the franchise in. Right. Because you have everything to lose. You're already an established person. Unless you always wanted to be a celebrity of sorts, just for being a celebrity and be known by the different people. Because because the thing is, you're going to be put in a messy situation, you're going to come out looking like a mess, and if you're in a legitimate job, like real estate, lawyer, banker, uh, physician, dermatologist, anything like that, you can only hurt yourself, I personally think, and a lot of other people, you know, say the same thing with birth. However, if you go in with nothing, and you are an unknown, and you do not have anything to lose, it is a godsend, because it's the thing that will bring you to the public's attention, and once you get in the public's attention, as long as you're clever and creative change the way they're going to think about you because the media will always love to hail you but they're also going to then want to nail you so there's always a cycle going on no matter how good you think you are there's always somebody waiting to pop that bubble no matter how bad you think you are there's always somebody wanting to inflate you that's a very good point if you have nothing to lose go for it if you did the same thing about hosting if you have something to lose step back and sit in the seat well, in terms of the faceless narrator kind of a gig here, we talked about that with Thomas Lennon and some people kind of crapping on him for the job that he did. Uh, maybe this is just a little more uh, sensitivity in my old age here, but this is one of these things where it almost feels to me like karma. And this, and, and I say that as somebody who has respected and enjoyed and laughed at a lot of Thomas Lennon's work. He's a funny guy. Uh, but the, the Felicity Huffman thing, to me, I understand that we're in a day and age now where everybody wants to go off on privilege and that kind of stuff. Anybody that thinks that that woman is not going through an awful lot of suffering right now, whether or not there's a 14-day jail sentence or not, anybody that wants to act like she's getting off scot-free when she's been humiliated, quite possibly her career is over, her name's been dragged through the mud, and I understand this. I understand this is all from stuff that she did here, but for Thomas Lennon to make a joke that, that just sort of piles on here. Oh, Felicity Huffman getting away with murder here. Uh, you know, maybe he does deserve to get pummeled uh, by the critics. Who? It's funny. Nobody's pummeling him for that because nobody has sympathy for Felicity Huffman right now. Hey, I, I mean, I did hear him get pummeled for it. I, I think it was a dead taste. I'm not a person that knocks somebody when they're down. Right. And you don't know what anybody's going through, so you walk a mile in their shoes. And while what she did was wrong, it's not like she went back into a store and murdered Okay, and it's not something that also should be uh, you know, laughed at. It's something, you know, any, anytime your name is mentioned in the public in an negative way, even if it's completely false, there are always going to be people that just believe what they've heard. Yeah. Okay, so, and, 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 it is, and the fact that, you know, she also has to spend jail time, whatever, this is something that's going to go on before it even becomes other. People say, of short memories and people will forget. But before it even becomes a memory, this is something that's going to go on for months, even before she goes to spend 14, 14 days in jail. And then it's going to be a, a big news story for a little bit after that as well. And it's always going to be something that's going to be brought up by her detractors. So it's not a little thing in any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad you agree with me on that because, uh, again, this, this notion that she's getting off scot-free uh, the 14 days in, in prison is really almost sort of beside the point. I mean, so she's not going to be in somewhere on, long enough to get shipped. you a video of the freaking perp walk of walking to court to get your sentencing? Right. That's bad enough. Right. That, that's going to live forever in infamy. That's bad enough. It is. It is. She's, she's, she's getting... Even if, she, even if she serves her time and the thing is gone, that thing can be brought up over and over and over again 
as everything is as, as nothing is ever deleted and nothing is ever lost, especially in the internet age. Well, exactly. I mean, you know, and and, and when you've basically been put on the uh, Mount Rushmore of perps along with Fatty Arbuckle, Michael Jackson, and O.J. Simpson. Yeah, I, I think that uh, whether you do 14 days in jail or 14 years in jail is sort of beside the point there, and uh, I agree with you completely. Uh, in terms of the uh, content during the show, and we'll get to the awards here uh, in a second, but as far as the skits with the presenters and whatnot, the one thing out there that is getting universal acclaim probably because the performer himself gets and deserves universal acclaim as one of America's great comedy legends, Bob Newhart. The skit that he did with Ben Stiller, uh, that's the one thing I think that, that sort of most went viral out of this. And yeah, it, it was it, it was amazing. And uh, again, for, for Newhart, a guy who broke on the scene in 1960, to come up with something wow. like 59 years later uh, that just manages to go viral... And, and still basically be true to his own ethos and his sense of humor. It just shows you he's one of the greats of all time. Well, it also shows it also shows that no matter what age, no matter what no matter what generation, deadpan is always one of the best and safest forms of comedy there is. Yep. I mean, I love the way he is is so emotionless no matter what he says. Like when he says, "By the way, I thought you sucked in Tropic Thunder or whatever." I mean, it, 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 it's just, it's just <laughs> funny. It's just funny coming and just his delivery. So unemotional and so steady, right? Um, and so deadpan. It's just and the things you have to think about what he says, and it just gets you, and you just can't stop laughing. The old Dean Martin roasts where he would have the, the, the byplay back and forth with Don Rickles is just priceless because you can't find two people stylistically that are more at opposite ends of the spectrum. But uh, it just shows how talented they both were that they could also bring the best out of each other. Oh, 100%. 100%. Um, I like. Uh, I actually, it's funny, Michelle Obama has that saying, um, if they go low, go high. I always say if they go loud, go soft, in the sense of like, nothing makes people listen to you more than when you lower your voice and you do the deadpan delivery and they actually have to listen to the words than when somebody's just screaming. I, I, one of my favorite words that I talk about is, um, you know, just because the volume of your voice increases doesn't mean your opinion gains any more merit. Right. Um, and that's, and, 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 that, that, and that holds so true in comedy. If you're just emotionless, but can say everything calm, cool, and collected with a deadpan delivery, I just think it's so much more powerful than if you're screaming or making ridiculous facial gyrations or looking like a human cartoon. I agree. Although it, it, it would be funny to imagine, though, it would be funny to him to imagine him putting on a wig and a trench coat and trying to do a Sam Kinison routine. That that sort of amuses me now that I think of it. <laughs> oh, no, it would be funny. No, it would be funny if he did that. <laughs> pay any amount of money to see that and hear Bob Newhart go, oh, oh, <laughs> that would be the greatest thing ever. <laughs> but he he gave us a great moment again from the awards there, him and Ben Stiller doing a great job of playing off of each other. And uh, for the awards themselves, uh, again, Game of Thrones cleaning up in a, in a way that we all sort of expected. And on a macro level... They won the big award. They won the best drama. Uh -huh. They didn't clean up in any way near like everybody was saying they were going to. Oh, okay. The show that I've never seen, Fleabag, was the, was the uh, sleeper winner of the night. Okay. Um, with Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I mean, what did she walk away with? She went 
comedy series, right. best comedy actors, and best comedy writer. Well, that's true. That's true. They they got they got some awards there, and I, I guess uh, I stand corrected on what the bar of expectations was for them. And I guess yes, I do stand. Yeah. Knowing I was going to be on with you, I was listening to some pre pre award coverage, and all they and all all these experts were saying, oh, it's Game of Thrones last year. This is going to be their coronation. This is going to be you know because they changed the face of television, which they did, which they did. They became completely destination must see for those people who watch it and stuff like that and especially help you know non-traditional network stations even more networks even more because of the success of that particular show um, however whenever anybody goes to that length and you have all the experts saying it's going to be their coronation it's just going to be this is what's going to happen all the other ones that they're just unlucky this year if they're against Game of Thrones because Game of Thrones is going to win everything as soon as they said that I thought to myself they're going to win next to nothing but the big award they're going to get the one prize saying here you go congratulations Interesting. And uh, again, what they were able to do, uh, more so as you say in years past, uh, getting the big one here this year as well, and that we, we were sort of seeing this trend, as you indicate, that's sort of been culminating for a while now, where you're looking at the streaming services and the quote-unquote premium networks. And for a gig that's always on network TV, uh, network TV is really, at this point, uh, I would use the term getting exposed, because... I think what it comes down to is when you're on commercial well, no, no, television. No, no, Fox, was all, Fox was all over these awards. You just had to wait for the commercials to watch on the back end. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they may not have been nominated for anything, they may not have been nominated for anything, but as soon as they went to commercial, you couldn't miss it. Well, you yeah. Know, all, Fox, all the time. Yes, yes. They were, they were exploiting it, and, and I guess if you're a network, I guess that that's kind of sort of my point is that's kind of like maybe the best you can do is exploit it to try to get eyeballs for your own product because the further we go along, and this is a trend that I don't see reversing itself because the networks I don't think are going to start putting that big of a premium on quote-unquote prestige TV such as we've been seeing over the last 15 to 20 years primarily on cable and now on the streaming services. So as we, as we continue to get more of that bifurcation of the really high-level stuff being found more in those places and network, yeah, there's there's some stuff here and there that people like and, and, and that have a very high critical uh, acclaim as well. But uh, it's, it's just really interesting that the platform that these awards are being televised on, by and large, uh, the, the actual big awards are getting further and further away from those networks, it seems like. Uh, it is. It, it, that, that, that's, been, that's been a trend that's been happening for, I mean, the best decade for sure. Uh, and, and the original people, I, I remember people, as soon as cable started, they said, network TV is dead. You know, the first people coming out even when network TV still had the buying share of the audience. And now people are, uh, of course, saying cable is dead uh, because of the streaming services and the other opportunities and, uh, and other things like that that are out there. The one thing Game of Thrones also did, which, which is worth mentioning, because we always like to mention High Point, is congratulations to Peter Dinklage, because I think he I'm not mistaken, this is his fourth Emmy, and he's now the most, uh, he has the Emmy record for supporting actor wins. It's supporting actor, but he has the Emmy record, because I think I saw, which is, that is fantastic. It really is, and it shows you the amount of respect that he earned for his role on Game of Thrones over the years. And this is also the last uh, Emmys that we're seeing before 
what it looks to be sort of an explosion in streaming over the next 12 months here because you're going to be having some more things coming in there. I don't know how much original stuff there's going to be on Disney+, Plus, and I have a feeling that Disney's probably still going to continue to use Hulu for more in the prestige type area, but uh, NBC now with the Peacock, HBO Max, again, I don't know how much original stuff they're going to do right off the bat, but I think there's going to be at least some of it. I'm seeing increasing commercials now for Apple uh, TV and the stuff that they're going to be doing, uh, some of the original series, So, uh, and I'm sure I'm forgetting at least two or three of the other ones that are going to be coming out here. So. What's the word? I have all the time now on uh, new to block a sleep TV coming up all over the place. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I, too and I don't know how much they're going to be doing of original programming uh, as opposed to just bringing you other channels but that's worth paying attention to as well yeah because sometimes you get these things coming in directions you don't even expect and I wasn't thinking sling until you said that but yeah now it almost that's how they start though that's how they start though they start by you know even like regular cable channels rebroadcast and some of other programming start with it and then peter in and salt and pepper in original programming. Like, you could turn on, I mean, for argument's sake, uh, what is it, um, AMC, any time of day, and see various movies, various, uh, you know, repeat, repeat shows, and then, as far as the original program, like Walking Dead or Preacher and stuff like that, that's the stuff that's put into prime time on the days that they have to, you know, on the days that they are cherry-picking to fill it with. But, I mean, still the majority of the schedule is programming that's been on before. Yes, that's true. And uh, you, you've got a, a lot of different uh, things coming here as far as uh, the, the different uh, streaming services that are emerging and the different platforms. And uh, again, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if something on one of these platforms that hasn't even debuted yet uh, possibly is up for some awards next year and may end up winning some uh, next year. And that is going to be worth paying attention to as well. But uh, regardless of whatever the state of the industry is, uh, it is always a pleasure breaking it down with you, my man. And uh, as I say, uh, we can always count on this for the Emmys, the Oscars, and uh, it's always nice to find other occasions in between. Uh, but uh, always a pleasure to have you on. And now that you are an FDH Lounge dignitary, yes, I will get you out uh, that uh, T-shirt here. And uh, I, I look forward to getting the pose pointing at the camera with that. <laughs> I, I am delighted just thinking about that, John. That is going to be priceless. <laughs> All right, all right. It'll be coming your way in the near future. Thank you so much, John Bastow, fitness and pop culture expert and FDH Lounge dignitary. And thank you, everybody, for joining us here for FDH Lounge mini episode number 1150. As we bring the show to a close, we would like to extend our deepest gratitude to NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, all Clear Channel affiliates, TNT, TBS, USA, UPN, Deadspin.com, YouTube.com, YTMND.com, MySpace.com, various blogs, Fox News, CNN, CNBC, MSNBC, IamBoard.com, Billboard.com, Google.com, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN News, ESPN Classic, NBA TV, NFL Network, Sports Time Ohio. 
Ohio, Athlon Magazine, Comedy Central, Cartoon Network, The Boomerang Channel, QVC, BET, The Spice Channel, Steno Notebooks, Manwich, Papermate Office Supplies, Waitresses, Strippers, Bartenders, Garbage Men, Janitors, Microwave Popcorn, The Writers of The Office, Scrubs, Entourage, My Name is Earl, Oz, Metalocalypse and the Boondocks, Aquafina, and The Periodic Table of Elements. 